back to Basic Bible 101. This is going to be a fairly short podcast, I think. I'm just going to do a quick review over all of the Old Testament, and anyone who wants to take the final, this will help you prepare for that. And basically the things that uh, were ideal for you to think through when you were going through the Old Testament were the characters, who was who, and when did he live, and what did he do. Uh, Major events that shaped the Israel nation. Uh, Any significant encounters with God, promises or altars or uh, ways that the prophets uh, reacted to what God told them to say and how they presented it. Having a brief idea of which prophets were uh, during the time of uh, before the nation was split, or the northern kingdom, the southern kingdom, or the... um, Uh, during the time of the exile or during the time of the restoration and if you remember we went over the Old Testament uh, minor prophets uh, kind of chronologically into where they were and when where they preached and in what time during what period of the Jewish nation okay at the very beginning we talked about what the Bible is that it's made up of all these smaller books And we talked about what the word covenant meant, because testament is the same as a covenant or agreement. So we talked about the Old Testament, meaning the Old Covenant, and the New Testament talking about the New Covenant. The Old Testament was the agreement under the law, primarily the law that Moses gave uh, through the Ten Commandments that uh, required people to sacrifice an animal and to obey the law and if they couldn't obey the law then they would go through these sacrifices they were to do that anyway to cleanse all of their sins Uh, during the new testament we will learn that there is a sacrifice once for all in the person of jesus christ the son of god okay there are various versions of the bible and we talked about the difference between a translation or a a paraphrase or uh, the different styles of Bibles, even if they're the same translation, they may come in a different form, like the men's Bible or the student Bible or whatever. Uh, The one that we have used for our class has been the New International Version, but I know a lot of people use the American Standard Version, King James Version, New King James, uh, English uh, Bible. There there are many different translations there's not a lot of difference between them but if you're a true scholar of the Bible I'm sure that you could pull out some differences that will change the meaning of certain passages and so as you grow in your understanding of scripture and really get into deep Bible study that will become important but through basic Bible we did not really talk uh, dwell on that a whole lot okay At the beginning, we talked about Genesis, the first book in the Bible, and how the world began. So we talked about uh, how God created the heavens and the earth. We talked about how everything he created was good. We talked about the fact that um, the world world began when God just said, let there be light. Uh, And his light, you know, was uh, shine, was the main... um, source of uh, illumination until the time that he actually created the sun and the moon and the stars. We talked about the fact that the book of Genesis covers the time of the patriarchs, the fathers of the Jewish nation, and the the key personalities involved with that, which I'll cover here in just a minute. We talked about how God said that everything he created was good, 
He created man and woman, and they it was good. Until man and woman, the only rule he gave them was that they were not to eat of the tree of the um, good and evil or the tree of life. And so there was two trees, and he told them not to eat of these trees. And so what happens, the uh, serpent tempts Eve, which we learned about in Genesis 2, and she decides to go ahead and eat of the fruit of the tree of good and evil, of the knowledge of good and evil. She shares this with her husband, and the two of them suddenly realize that they're naked, and so they hide. They hide from God. And so when God comes to meet them and says, where are you? Uh, and they are saying, well, we were hiding because we were naked. And God's saying, well, who told you you were naked? And so suddenly there's the realization that they couldn't even obey God, this one thing, even though they had all of the garden. And so God casts them out of the garden, and they are punished, and they are punished by uh the man is forced to work and toil and um, try and uh, eke out a living from the, the the land. The woman is has pain in childbirth, and she will always end up sub, subservient to the man. And so we see that this is a real. And then the the serpent itself is uh, punished by you know crawling on the ground. That's why they often th- say that it was a snake because it crawls on the ground. So this was a real sad time when they had to leave the garden in the garden of eden the doors were shut and they were not allowed back in it because god did not want them to eat of the tree of life and then be forever in this sinful state and so even at that point god was preparing and knew ahead of time that they that there would be a need for a savior and that is the savior that we see in jesus christ in the new testament Okay, so we know that Adam and Eve had two children. They had Cain and Abel, and the two children uh, presented offerings to God, and one was accepted and one wasn't. And so Cain got mad because his was the one that wasn't accepted, and so he killed his brother. And so we see at the very beginning that man's bent is constantly towards more and more sin, and that is exactly what happens. By the time we get to Genesis 6, uh, during the time of Noah, we re- God has said, okay, I'm tired of people. They are constantly, all they care about is being more and more wicked. And so he tells Noah, I want you to build an ark. I want you to bring two of every kind of animal. And I want you to bring your, your sons and their wives and your wife and get in the ark because it's going to rain. And I'm going to flood the earth. And so Noah, who is a good man and trusts God and believes in him, begins building this ark, this giant huge boat that can hold all of these animals. And so sure enough, that's what happened. Uh, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights, and then the rains let up, but the the whole world had been flooded. And so it takes about a year before the land is dry again, and they can come out. And the first thing Mos- or Noah does is build an, ar- uh, an altar to the Lord with some stones and sacrifice one of the animals was specifically brought for that purpose. And so eventually the people, the new uh, people, the new families that have uh, developed and, you know, multiplied each of the tribes from uh, Noah's three sons uh, have gone their their own separate ways. And in this one area, they get together and they decide they're going to build a a giant tower to the God. And so they're going to see what God really looks like if they can build this tower high enough. And God doesn't like this idea. He thinks that's kind of... um, self-serving for the people and so he strikes them with the ability to not communicate with each other with the different languages and that's how we get the tower of Babel because it sounds like they're all babbling and they can't work together and so 
what ends up happening is that they spread out even more. And that was, of course, God's design was for them to populate the whole earth and to spread out. Okay, we get the uh, name for the town Babylon from the root Babel. Uh, They say that it kind of goes back to this time of the Tower of Babel. And it may have all occurred in about the same area. All right, then we hear of a man who comes from... uh, the town of Ur and travels. He, the Lord just sort of prompts him to travel uh, over to a promised land. That, and so he heads over there. His name is Abraham. Only at the time it's Abram. And he has a wife named Sarai who cannot bear children. But they have adopted their nephew because you know his brother died. And so they took uh, over uh, raising the son. And so they end up in the land of Canaan, which we know, of course, is the current land of Israel. And while he is in this land, God promises him that he will his descendants will be as mighty as the sands in the, uh, and uh, as great as the stars in the sky. And so Abram is hopeful, and yet still he has this wife that can't have a child. Uh, and as he's going through this time, he makes a covenant with God. It's a special promise that God has, a special relationship that God has with Abram, that uh, he will be his, you know, Abram will, will be a people unto the Lord, that they will be God's people. And so over the course of time, God does bless Abram with a son, and uh, but, but it takes a while. And so before he that child, actually, the child of promise is born. Sarai, his wife, is about to give up, and she says, here, just take my handmaiden and have a have a baby with him, with her, and that will be our adopted son. Well, as it turns out, the um, handmaiden, the child that she has is Ishmael, and Ishmael uh, is not the one that God had told him, hey, I'm going to give you uh, a son that's the son of promise. So there's a strife between Sarah and her hand, handmaiden, who she's very, um, Hagar, very, she's very upset with now. And so then we have the um, conflicts that goes on where she kind of casts out Hagar and her son Ishmael. Uh, eventually, uh, Sarah does have a child, and God changes her name to Sarah. So it's Sarah, and she has her son named Isaac. Uh, Abram's name is changed to Abraham, so that's why we talk about Abraham and Sarah and their son Isaac. Uh, when Isaac is born, he's not, you know, he grows up, but God is blessing uh, Abraham even in his old age because Sarah is very old when she has uh, Isaac. And God has uh, promised great things that they'll have, you know, their, their descendants will be just like the stars of the sky. And yet, um, you know, they just have the one. They just have um, Isaac. And then God prompts uh, Abraham to sacrifice his son. And so we, we go into the story of how God asks uh, his, uh, Abraham to sacrifice Isaac and that, that God at the last minute says, no, no, now I know you really were willing to because Abraham actually goes through the process of getting ready, takes his son and uh, heads up on this hill and is ready to kill his son and then God intervenes. Okay, is some of this ringing a bell? Hopefully, I know it was a long time when you did the first Bible, basic Bible podcast. Okay, so we get through this, and and Isaac grows up and finally marries, and then the woman he marries cannot have a child. And so there's some back and forth about that until uh, God eventually blesses him with... Um, son twin boys and so the twin boys Jacob and Esau which are eventually born to Rebecca his wife 
um, end up fighting even in the womb. And so we see that Jacob and Esau have this adversarial relationship from the time they are born. One of them, Esau, is the big hairy guy that's kind of the macho, you know, the son that the dad always wanted that goes out hunting and, um, you know, spends a lot of time with his dad. Whereas Jacob is more a mama's boy. He's the one that works in the kitchen with his mom and helps around the house. And so, um, but because Esau was born just a little bit before Jacob, he... Uh, actually has the right to both the birthright and the blessing. And the birthright was the right to inherit everything that belonged to the father. And the blessing was reserved as the, um, the uh, basically a prayer that the father would say over the son of promise that um, God would bless him and his descendants, etc. And so uh, Jacob decides that he wants the bless the blessing and the uh, birthright. So one day when his brother comes in and he's very hungry, he, uh, he says, well, hey, I'll give you some stew that I just made if you'll sell me the birthright. And so Esau says, oh, fine, I don't care. I'm starving and I don't, you know, just give me something to eat. And so Jacob actually uh, d- gets the birthright, the right to everything that belongs to the father. And as the father's preparing to say his blessing, because he's getting old and advanced in age, uh, Jacob and his mom come up with this little scheme where they're going to try and uh, make it look and feel like uh, Jacob is really Esau. And of course the problem with this is that Esau was quite a bit different from Jacob. He smelled different. He was very hairy. And so Rebecca decides to put this like lamb's uh, wool on her, her son Jacob and make him smell like the field a little bit so that his father, who's now blind, will kind of feel him and, and smell him and say, okay, you must be Esau and I'm going to bless you. And so sure enough, that works. And Jacob receives the blessing from the father. Well, Esau finds out about it and he's furious. Not only has he lost the birthright, but now he's lost his father's blessing. And so he decides he's going to kill Esau, I mean, uh, Jacob. And so we see Jacob running off. The the mother, Rebecca, says, go back to my homeland and stay with my brother. He will protect you, uh, your uncle Laban. And so sure enough, that is what Jacob does. He heads off to north of where they're at and stays with his um, uncle. And his uncle begins to uh, give him work to do around his uh, farm, his ranch. And so, you know, herding goats and sheep. And so um, Jacob does pretty well. And after seven years, he decides he kind of falls in love with one of uh, Laban's daughters and says, hey, I want to marry your daughter, um, Rachel. And so Leah... uh, Laban says, well, okay, we can arrange that. So they have this glorious wedding. But in the wedding night, the father switches the brides and uh, has Leah, who is Rachel's sister, uh, hides her under the veil, the bridal veil. And so what actually happens is that Jacob ends up marrying Leah instead. And he's furious about it when he wakes up the next morning and realizes this isn't his wife. he must have had a lot to drink to figure out that night that this wasn't, you know, he wasn't sleeping with his bride. He was sleeping with Leah. But nonetheless, uh, in the morning, the father says, yeah, yeah, I understand that you're furious about this. I'll give you, it just wasn't right to have the older sister uh, remain unmarried while the younger sister got married. And so it's not our custom. And so instead, I'll tell you what, you can have both of them. You just have to work another seven years for uh 
Leah since you've already married her. But I'll give you uh, Rachel within the next, you know, as soon as the marriage week is over, the honeymoon. And so sure enough, he ends up with these two wives. Well, Jacob in the process ends up um, the father of 12 sons because between the two women, uh, Rebe uh, Rachel and Leah, they each have sons, and all these sons, now they do end up with a daughter along the way, but basically all of these sons, either they're from directly from him, one of his two wives, or his two wives give him a handmaiden and say, here, I've stopped having children, have one through my handmaiden or whatever. So he ends up with 12 sons, and that's where we get the 12 tribes of Israel. So remember we talked about that, and God changes Jacob's name to Israel. And so that's why he, they are called the 12 tribes of Israel, uh, because they are Jacob's sons, and Jacob's name has changed. Okay, so one of these sons, uh, Jacob eventually goes back home, and God uh, helps him. Uh, ha he has this dream, the stairway to heaven dream. And, but God promises him, hey, I'm going to be with you, you know. And so as he goes back home, his brother greets him, and they um, reconcile their differences. And so there is peace once more. Uh, one of Jacob's sons is called Joseph. He has two sons that are his favorite. And what happens is that Rachel dies in childbirth with the second child. And they become very precious to him. And the first one is Joseph. Uh, Joseph, who's the older one, and the child, the young one, is Benjamin. And so he really spoils Joseph. And because uh, Benjamin is so young, he just kind of gets carried along with all of this and is also very much spoiled. Well, as it turns out, he uh, the story of Joseph is the story, story of the coat of many colors, where Joseph uh, goes out to see his brothers, and he's wearing the new coat that his dad got him. And the brothers are so mad at him, they hate him. They hate him because he's had this dream that says that he saw the sun and the moon bowing down to him, and he saw 11 stars bowing down to him. And his brothers figured it out. Oh, you think we're all going to bow down to you? And so they didn't like him at all. So they decide to um, throw him in a pit. And uh, actually, they were going to kill him, but one of the brothers steps up and says, no, no, let's don't kill him. So instead, they sell him to a, a tribe a caravan going by as a slave. And so he ends up a slave in the house of Potiphar. Okay, and if you'll remember from our studies how he is wronged there, thrown in prison, finally is able to interpret one of the dreams of Pharaoh and is in a place of prominence and saves his family. And so his family ends up in Egypt. Uh, you might want to go back and review the details of the story. They, they're in Egypt, and a new pharaoh comes along because they are there for so long, and so they end up uh, slaves of Egypt. And so they are in slavery for 400 years. And so at the end of this time, you know, the people have been praying for a deliverer. Well, Moses is comes on the scene. And so we learn that Moses, God provides a special opportunity to save his life. And then he is raised in Pharaoh's household and uh, he kills a man. And so he runs off into the wilderness to avoid being, um, you know, charged with this, with charged with murder and murdered himself. And then in the process, while he's out there, remember he sees the burning bush and God tells him, you're going to be the people's deliverer and I'm sending you back. And Moses doesn't want to do it. And yet God says, no, no, go. I have this. This is, uh, you know, I'll be with you. And so Moses goes before Pharaoh. Remember we covered the 
uh, pestilence that happened, um, all the different uh, 12 plagues that hit, or 10 plagues, I'm sorry, 10 plagues that hit, that um, Egypt was hit with and how Pharaoh finally says, okay, go. And yet at the last minute, he changes his mind. And so they go out and chase the people. Remember, we talked about how the night before they left was the Passover night, we call it, because the angel of death went through the town. But those that had the blood of the lamb on their doorposts were spared. And that was mainly just the Israelite um, uh, families. And so um, after the time of that they are trying to escape, they go, remember God parts the water and they go through the Red Sea. If you need to go back and review some of the uh, story of Moses, that would be a good one. Then we learn that Moses goes up on the mountain and he gets the Ten Commandments. Remember how we talked about how, what the Ten Commandments were and what they really mean. And then uh, the people, dis, uh, he descends and they're worshiping a calf and so he breaks the law and yet God, uh, he convinces God to forgive the people. And so, but then they get ready to march towards the promised land. They're about ready to go back to their homeland, which now has been taken over by other tribes over those 400 years. And they realize that they're up against a huge battle. And so they, they are afraid to go into the land. And because of that, God, who has already told them, go in and take the land, says, fine then, if you're not going to follow me and trust me that I'm going to protect you, because, you know, the spies that went into the land came back and said, oh, there's giants in the land. Uh, God basically pronounces that you're going to wander in the wilderness for 40 years, and that is what happens. Okay, then we get into the books of Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Remember that Leviticus was the story of the, uh, basically the instructions for the priests and instructions for their different feasts that they would celebrate over the course of a year. And so there's a lot of the law, the definition in the law about in Leviticus, you know, how they were to uh, cook certain meats and the fact that they weren't to eat pork and all that kind of thing. Then the book of Numbers covers some of their skirmishes while they're in the wilderness, and it has some interesting stories which we uh, read about, which, you know, the Balaam's donkey, remember the talking donkey we covered in one of our um, lessons. And then finally, they're ready to re-enter the promised land. Uh, there are two gentlemen who go in and say, yes, we can take it. It's Caleb and, and uh, Joshua. And so, uh, but in the meantime, God has told Moses, no, you're not to go in. But Joshua leads the people into the promised land. And they, during the book of Joshua, we, we learn about how they fight the different battles. The, um, the, the land, the city of Jericho is destroyed just because they marched around it. Do you remember that for seven days? And then uh, the only person saved out of the city was Rahab, the harlot that had protected them when they were s scoping things out. Okay, then we got into the time of the judges, and if you recall, there was four main key judges that we learned about. The first one being Deborah, the judge Deborah, and how she convinced the head of the military that they needed to go into battle uh, against the Canaanites and that they would win. And, and so sure enough, they, they do go into battle and win, but the battle is uh, given to a woman. Uh, because uh, God had said, well, uh, the, the head of the army had said, I won't go unless you go with me, Deborah. And Deborah says, okay, I'll go. But then God's going to give the victory to a woman. And sure enough, that is what happens. Okay, then we talked about the judge Gideon. Remember, he was the one who was so afraid he was down in the wine press trying to thresh wheat. And God, uh, an angel comes and tells him, you're going to lead the people. 
they, it says, hey, mighty warrior, you're going to lead the people. And of course, Gideon doesn't feel like a mighty warrior. So we talked about the story about he was unsure and how he threw out the fleece, remember, and how God gave him an answer through that and how he threw um, Gideon was able to save the people and deliver them from their oppressors, the people of, um, let's see, their oppressors were the Midianites. Okay, then we got into the judge Samson and, and how he was had a weakness for women. He was very strong. Remember, he killed many Philistines just with the, junk, uh, the jawbone of a donkey. He was a Nazarite. Remember, we talked about how he was never allowed to cut his hair and was uh, supposed to stay away from all wine. He was consecrated to the Lord. Um, as it turns out, he falls to a woman, and of course the woman is Delilah, who um, is a Philistine, and she convinces Samson to tell the secret of his strength and he says well my hair's never been cut and so she has his hair cut and he is trapped by the Philistines and eventually uh, his eyes are poked out he's about to die but he pushes the pillars of the temple that happens to have everybody standing on the second floor and the first floor and so a bunch of Philistines are killed that day so that was the story of Samson the, the strong man and then we talked about um, the last judge which was Samuel and how he was the one that the woman um, who Hannah wanted a baby and she prayed to God but she wasn't able to get pregnant and finally the priest says you know you must be drunk what are you doing in here praying you know when everybody else is out partying and she said no no I, I've been praying for a son and so God blesses her with the son and this little son's name is Samuel and she dedicates him to God and, and he grows up in the house of the Lord in the temple. Uh, in that time, we also talked about um, how Samuel uh, grows up under Eli, the priest, and how the priest wasn't a very, you know, he failed with his sons. But Samuel does really well, and God eventually rises, uh, Samuel eventually rises to the position of a judge and uh, directs the people during this very hard time but the people keep screaming out for a king remember they kept saying we want a king and so Samuel is the one that anoints the first king which is Saul uh, in this time during this same book uh, time frame we, we read the book of Ruth remember about the young woman whose uh, husband was killed and so she went with her mother-in-law whose um, husband was also killed and went back to their homeland and God used uh, her to help um, her mother-in-law and so they ended up um, under the care of Boaz and so if you remember the story of um, Naomi the mother-in-law and Ruth and Boaz okay and remember Ruth becomes she is the great-grandmother of King David okay so we talked about how Saul becomes the first king well he does really well and and yet he gets impatient and he doesn't want to wait for Samuel anymore and so he decides to uh, go ahead and, and make some offerings to God even though he's not a priest and doesn't have any right to uh, offer the sacred you know uh, offerings before a war when that was the responsibility of a priest and so uh, Saul Samuel shows up and says okay God's taken the kingdom from you uh, in the process uh, he also anoints David uh, unbeknownst to, to Saul he anoints David and says you're going to be the next king and, and David was just a shepherd boy so this all is taking place in 1 Samuel 16 and 17 the story of David and how God chose him and uh, then and how he eventually becomes king then we talked about how 
David wrote the book of Psalms, or quite a few of them. There are Psalms written by other people in there too, but he's primarily the author of the book of Psalms and how he loved the Lord. He was a man after God's own heart. Uh, and t he does fall, however, and we learned about how he sins with Bathsheba and has Bathsheba's, gets Bathsheba pregnant, has Bathsheba's uh, husband killed, and then is discovered and uh, you know, is heartbroken over the situation. Okay, well, Bathsheba eventually provides him with uh, the son that that she was pregnant with uh, dies, but her next son is named um, Solomon, and he eventually becomes the next king. We know about Solomon as being the one who wrote Proverbs, Ecclesiastics, the Song of Solomon, or also known as the Song of Songs. Song of Songs. Uh, Solomon is supposedly the wisest man that ever lived. He greatly grew the kingdom. It was a time of prosperity for Israel. Uh, built the temple that God would not allow David to build, and it was a beautiful temple. Uh, the people never forgot it. They would always turn towards the temple when they would pray to God. Um, it was a great time. But unfortunately, when Solomon got old and it was time for his son to take over, his son Rehoboam, decided that uh, he was going to be harder on the people than even his dad was. And so the kingdom split. You know, tw 10 of the tribes says, you know what, we just don't need this. We're, we're going to have our own king. And so they uh, elect or appoint uh, Jeroboam as their king. And yet the other, the southern half of the kingdom, which is just Judah and, and Benjamin, though that area uh is where Solomon, or Solomon's son Rehoboam uh, remains. And there's a promise that God gave to David that one of your sons will always be in the throne over Judah. And so sure enough, that is exactly what happens. Rehoboam's son takes over after him and so forth. But they always have the southern kingdom, whereas the northern kingdom ends up with lots of different kings and they'd have skirmishes and one king would kill off all of the previous uh, families and uh king's family and stuff like that so you might want to go back and review who the kings were which were the good and which were the bad and during the time that they were king uh, it's a great study I would encourage you to do a study of the kings specifically but of course we didn't have time to cover all the details in basic bible we just kind of skimmed through the different kings then we talked about two major prophets if you remember Elijah and Elisha both of them during the time of the divided kingdom were um prophesied to like King Ahab and if you remember King Ahab that had the wicked wife Jezebel and uh, they had the big Elijah has the big showdown on Mark, Mount Carmel and uh, unfortunately uh, it didn't really help much even though the people believed in the Israelite God they were afraid of Jezebel and so Jezebel uh, puts out the edict that Elijah is going to be killed and Elijah goes and hides if you remember that there's the time of the three at the beginning of the uh, story about Elijah where there's the three years without rain and how the ravens fed him um, and then at the end how he's um, he thinks that nobody else serves his God and yet God opens his eyes and he sees that there are there are many people who have not bowed down to the idol and instead the idol Baal was the the God that uh, Jezebel was trying to promote and instead, he tells Elijah, no, go back, and I want you to appoint as your protege, Elisha. And so we learned of the story of Elisha, the second major uh, prophet. This is dur uh, during the Second Kings, the book of Second Kings, where we learned about Elijah and how he uh, 
is very similar to Elijah. Elijah was able to do quite a few different miracles. Um, well, we see the same thing with Elisha, and you might want to go back and review some of their miracles, uh, how they were able to um, protect a widow from running out of food during a time of famine, how they were able to uh, raise a child from the dead. There's a lot of similarities between the two. But Elisha is given twice the power of Elijah because he asked God for it and God says well if you are there when he's taken away well Elijah Elisha is there when Elijah is carried off in the um, chariot of fire remember we talked about um, this is where they get the term chariot of fire okay then we got into the time of a few of the other kings uh, King Josiah who was the young boy who um, brought about a lot of changes there were several good good kings there was quite a few not very good kings and so we like I said you might want to go back and review that okay this podcast is growing kind of long and we just have a few more to talk about so I'm going to stop at this point and let you take a break and then either uh, download the other podcast to the last half of the review okay thanks and uh, stay tuned this will uh, and uh, the new podcast should be up at the same time this one is